Hello, and welcome to the January 26th articles of the Angus Beef Bulletin Extra. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Shauna Hermel, editor. If you have any questions or comments, please drop us a note at abbeditorial at angus.org. We're going to try something a little bit different here with this issue, and we're going to read to you the lead articles on each one of our pages in the Angus Beef Bulletin Extra. We have a front page that has industry news. We have a management page, a health and nutrition page, and a marketing page. So I'm going to start off reading the front page feature, our lead feature, Improved Fertility, Overall Income. Understanding Female Reproduction Accelerates Positive Momentum in the Cow Herd. This article is by Whitney Whitaker, one of our communication specialists with the American Angus Association. Most cattlemen want cattle that breed easily, calve early, and display good reproductive performance. While this may sound simple enough, how do you achieve those things simultaneously? I'm a big fan of a concept called positive momentum because I believe really good reproductive success this year ensures really good reproductive success next year, said Bob Larson, a veterinarian with the Beef Cattle Institute at Kansas State University. During the Angus University webinar, Keys to Reproductive Success, Female Edition, which was hosted December 13th, Larson shared tools and practices to help cattlemen achieve optimal success in their cow herds. One way to achieve this goal is to benchmark your current situation and compare it to a desired plan. For example, a producer with an 8% open rate might set a goal of Larson's ideal open rate of 5%. This allows for a significant increase in earned income as cows calving earlier leads to heavier calves at weaning and a faster rebreed window. Larson also described the difference in reproductive success for first calf heifers. To meet the constraints of having an 83-day period for cows to rebreed and calve at the same time the next year, Larson recommended heifers calve ahead of cows for their first calf. That affords them a longer breeding window to conceive in time to calve with the cows the next year. To help ensure heifers reach puberty at the right time, he advised seeking assistance from your veterinarian. It is important for veterinarians to really evaluate the heifers to make sure each individual heifer and the group as a whole can reach puberty in time to get bred a little ahead of the cows, Larson said. The onset of puberty, he explained, is primarily influenced by age and weight within breeds. That leads to a common question. What is the appropriate target weight? The real question is, what ration should I feed heifers to result in the desired number reaching puberty by the desired date, Larson said. He emphasized again how working alongside a veterinarian and a nutritionist helps producers answer those questions. Larson reiterated that for producers to achieve this success in their operations, they must avoid the primary threats to positive momentum. These threats include having heifers who don't calve ahead of cows, calving in thin body condition, bulls that fail to successfully breed cows, and diseases ending pregnancy. Avoiding these issues promises potential for success year after year. To dive deeper into Larson's presentation, follow the link in the article that's available at www 
angusbeefbulletin.com forward slash extra on the front page. Other articles on our front page this time include an article by Will Harsh, one of our regional managers, who provides an association perspective, as well as tractors require extra caution in winter. The lead feature on our management page is from the University of Missouri Extension, Boost Profits by Frost Seeding Legumes Now. Seed now to increase performance, reduce fescue toxicosis. Add legumes to fescue and other cool season pastures at the right time to add pounds and profits to cattle. The right time is when pastures are frozen and snow covered, says Craig Roberts, University of Missouri Extension Forage Specialist. Snow makes the seeds easier to see. Seeding on frozen ground also lessens the chance of rutting or compacting soils. Broadcast annual Lespedeza, red clover, or white clover in mid-February in most of Missouri, Roberts advises. Seed in late January in southern counties and late February in northern counties. Frost seeding, a method of broadcasting seeds, allows seeds to work into the soil as the ground freezes and thaws. Too much thatch or plant residue can prevent good seed-to-soil contact, which reduces stands. Cattle can help by hoofing seeds into the soil as they trample pastures. Red clover, white clover, and annual lespedeza are the top three legumes to frost seed in Missouri, says Roberts. In endophyte-infested tall fescue pastures, Clover reduces animal exposure to toxins associated with fescue toxicosis, says Tim Evans, MU Extension Specialist in Veterinary Toxicology. Fescue toxicosis impairs weight gain, milk production, and reproductive performance. It also hinders beef cattle's ability to regulate body heat and causes leg and foot problems, including fescue foot. Other legume options include alfalfa, bird's foot trefoil, hairy vetch, and sun hemp. Seed these later in the year. If seeded too early, seeds may germinate and emerge before an ice storm, Roberts says. Roberts does not recommend frost seeding bird's foot trefoil because of its poor vigor in Missouri soils. The right amount and type of seed and good pasture management determine the success of adding legumes to pastures, he says. Look for certified seed for best results and to avoid poor quality stands. For seeding rates, download the free MU Extension publication, Seeding Rates, Dates, and Depths for Common Missouri Forages, at the link provided in the article online. Roberts offers more tips in MU Extension video, Frost Seeding Legumes in Tall Pastures, also available from the article online. In March, the Alliance for Grassland Renewal will offer training to Missouri, Virginia, and Alabama. The Missouri training session is March 23rd at MU Southwest Research Center in Mount Vernon. Registration is available through the article online. Robert says the workshops are a great way to learn to renovate and manage Kentucky 31 fescue pastures. For more information, visit www.grasslandrenewal.org. Other articles on our management page for the January 26th edition include a gizmos and gadgets section 
and higher land values and cash rents. The article we have leading off our health and nutrition page is kind of a timely article. Um, our regional managers had mentioned to us the need to remind commercial producers to test their bulls with a breeding soundness exam before going into breeding season. Uh, that cold weather that we had through the pre-Christmas and we've had another couple bouts of it um, can cause some scrotal frostbite and that can cause problems uh, with the fertility of the bulls if they weren't bedded well and protected from the weather. The article that we have is by Sandy Johnson, Kansas State University. Will the cold put a bite into your calving season? Breeding soundness exams identify bull fertility issues from frostbite. The effects of pre-Christmas Arctic blast experienced across much of the country this winter will not be forgotten anytime soon and may leave lingering effects. The bull battery often does not get close attention during the winter months and some have lacked adequate bedding or wind protection needed to prevent scrotal frostbite. Older bulls with pendulous scrotums seem more prone to issues than yearling bulls. Bull breeding soundness exams, sometimes referred to as a BSE, were first developed due to concerns regarding bull fertility after series of storms during the winter of 1948 and 49. According to the National Weather Service, a massive blizzard hit in early January that lasted three days and brought heavy snow, strong winds, and cold temperatures. Additional storms through mid-February created huge snowdrifts. The effects of frostbite were then followed in 15 bulls affected by the 1949 blizzard. Eight of the bulls refused service for six months. Bull anatomy is designed to keep the testicles at a lower temperature than the body core. During cold weather, the testicles are drawn closer to the body. However, compared to the rest of the body, the scrotum has less hair and thinner skin. When temperature regulation is not maintained, fertility is reduced. A bull suffering from frostbite may exhibit inflammation and swelling of the scrotum a few days after the weather event. The subsequent heat produced from the inflammation negatively affects the sperm cells maturing and being stored in the epididymis. The effects of frostbite may be temporary, but may also result in permanent damage to sperm production. Scabs of various sizes may become evident as healing occurs, but the lack of a scab does not mean there is no injury. In more extreme cases, tissue adhesion can influence circulation in the scrotum and scrotal circumference can be reduced. After a 1964 blizzard, eight veterinarians reported on 553 bulls with some level of frostbite. In this group, the semen quality of 89% of the bulls with severe frostbite was unsatisfactory. In bulls with moderate frostbite, 48% were satisfactory, 25% were questionable, and 27% were unsatisfactory. Regardless of weather, bulls should have a breeding soundness exam before each breeding season. Several large data sets indicate 10% to 30% of mature bulls fail a breeding soundness exam annually. It is recommended breeding soundness exams be delayed 60 days following the occurrence of frostbite or illness with elevated body temperature. Exams earlier than this may result in culling bulls that may yet recover. 
A breathing soundness exam consists of a physical evaluation, palpation of accessory sex glands, and testes, and semen evaluation. The exam does not evaluate willingness to mate or service capacity, so observing activity during the breeding season is an important component of minimizing the risk of open cows. If adjustment were not made for increased energy demands of cattle during the extreme cold weather, weight loss most likely occurred and would be greater in animals that were already thin. A study in western Canada found fewer bulls in low body condition, a 2 on a scale of 1, which was thin, to 5, which is obese, had satisfactory semen quality compared to bulls in moderate condition at a 2.5 to a 3.5. On the other end of the spectrum, fat in the scrotum interferes with the normal cooling process and is detrimental to semen quality. Bulls should be in good body condition, but not fat, in advance of the breeding season. Finding out after the fact that your bulls was only a cow companion during the breeding season is a costly problem. Schedule breeding soundness exams with your veterinarian so unsatisfactory breeders, cow companions, can be replaced before the breeding season begins. Additional articles on our health and nutrition page this week include an article by Heather Smith on winter feeding for young bulls as well as the report on the real veterinary shortages and what risks that caused to the U.S. food system. All right, from our marketing page, let's read the link, Accepting the Challenge, by Troy Marshall, American Angus Association. Today's marketplace is rapidly changing and evolving. What was once considered to be exceptional is now just average. Competition is fierce and growing. The only thing we can say with absolute certainty is what was once considered adequate will barely be sufficient in the future. Success is determined by our ability to adapt, our ability to differentiate ourselves from others, and our willingness to change. The American Angus Association's Angus Link Program has a simple focus to help commercial producers capture more value and benefit from their use of superior Angus genetics. The program has experienced a significant amount of growth and success in this regard. During the last three years, producers who enrolled in Angus Link were able to garner more than $18.25 million in premiums for their calves. While still in its infancy, the Angus Link Genetic Merit Scorecard has been gaining acceptance in the marketplace and calves with the scorecard received record premiums in 2022. However, the long-term success of Angus Link will be determined by its ability to foster acceptance of the genetic merit scorecard. The ultimate goal is to reward users of superior genetics and make genetic merit a critical component of the pricing equation for feeder cattle. To achieve those goals, the program must achieve critical mass, where a large percent of cattle being offered are being sold with the genetic merit scorecard. To build upon the successful foundation that has been created and take the program to the next level, the Angus Link needed to evolve and adapt in a similar way producers do every day. As a result, we are excited to announce the association has formed a working relationship with IMI Global. 
to help the Angus Link program reach its goal of putting more dollars into the pockets of as many producers as possible. While Angus Link will no longer be directly enrolling cattle, we will be collaborating with IMI Global to provide the enrollment services to producers. It is important to note that the American Angus Association will continue to validate the Angus Verified program and calculate the scores of the GMS for producers along with the IMI enrollment. This collaboration will bring IMI Global's expertise in the verification space with the Angus Breed's undisputed leadership in genetics. Combining the two market leaders, commercial producers will gain access to all of the programs offered have a streamlined enrollment process, and will benefit from the combined marketing cloud of the two entities. This alliance expands opportunities for producers and is the result of the natural evolution of a changing marketplace. By working together, we can create more value for individual producers and for the industry as a whole. As is often the case, this exciting transformation did not occur suddenly but rather was made possible by several small, incremental improvements that brought us to this point. This goes beyond expanding the opportunities available for producers, gathering efficiencies, and streamlining the enrollment processes, or even increasing marketing access and marketing avenues. This relationship was ultimately formed to create more value for commercial producers, to help them capture the value they are creating. Additional articles featured on our marketing page include the U.S. cattle on feed down 3%, which is a report from USDA on the cattle on feed that was provided January 20th, along with the Livestock Marketing Information Center's analysis of that cattle on feed report. And we also have an article predicting food trends on the menu for 2023, which provides some insights on where some of the opportunities might be in terms of types of food that we provide consumers and the cooking methods that they might be using in the upcoming year. This wraps up our January 26th edition of the Angus Beef Bulletin Extra audio highlights. We hope that you'll go to the website, www.angusbeefbulletin.com forward slash extra. If you'd like to comment on whether or not you like the way that we provided the audio for this week's edition, then email us at abbeditorial at angus.org. Thank you, and we look forward to providing you more content in two weeks.